The Dynasty League podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Head over to MyBookie.ag or DimesPressBox.com. Check out a few articles. Click on any of the banners to take you over to the MyBookie website with pre-populated links and promo codes. MyBookie has some of the friendliest lines on the internet and has everything that you need, whether it's future bets, live game spreads, money lines, parlays, whatever you want, just in time for the football season. Go and check them out today and make sure you use the promo code DYNESPORTS, D-Y-N-E-S, sports with an S at the end of it, so they know who sent you. Must be 18 or older. Please gamble responsibly. If you have trouble gambling, please use some of the resources found on the MyBookie website to get you the help that you need and point it in the right direction. Full disclosure, this episode was recorded on Monday night as the Packers and Lions game was going on, so we were wrapped up by halftime. Did not see the second half so when we mentioned to possibly buy low on the Packers being a hot mess obviously things turned around a little bit in the second half of that game hope you guys enjoy make sure to like review subscribe share the episode with a friend keep building this community let's get to it all right boys two and oh Kyle Skinner takes down Eric and Craig on the strength of Travis Kelsey's late touchdown and Clyde Edwards Hilaire cannot hold on to the ball fumbles and I squeak past you guys on the Sunday nighter that means smoke shack for Kyle from the front office podcast that means beer from you guys it's gonna be a banner weekend at the Skinner household well, congratulations. A two-four of Carling Lager. Do they even still make that anymore? Carling. <laughs> Carling. Wow. Wow. I'm surprised you didn't bring up like, Wildcat. Not a beer. Uh, Carling was what people drank. In I'll get you the beer, Kyle. Carling. Yeah, there we go. We're all gainfully employed here. We're not university students. So. Carling. There we go. He's stealing from your parents. Just going to raid the beer fridge on your way out. I'm just laughing about Carling. Like, what are we in high school stealing uh, from our parents' fridge? All right. Well, I look forward to my uh, well-stocked weekend heading into week three of the fantasy football season. Wild weekend, though, of actual football. Let's start off the top with the biggest question that anyone who is an AFC West fan, Craig looking your way here, has to be asking themselves, what is going on with the Las Vegas Raiders? Eric, for someone who said, I refuse to draft anyone from the Las Vegas Raiders because I don't trust the organization, why don't you start us off here? Well, my position has changed, certainly. <laughs> but they played well. They, they played well, but I, I think I'm still going to take the agnostic route on whether I believe in them or not. I just don't know. I, they could be legit. I'd like to see them tested by a, an elite team before I really make a judgment or two. But I'll take the agnostic route and say that with the evidence presented, I'm not convinced yet. But good for them. With, the tie, with mind you, the tiebreaker in the division. Yeah, I'm still not buying it. <laughs> the Raiders and the Chargers. Say, bud. The Raiders and the Chargers just always do this. They have these starts sometimes where they just, they're on fire and they just somehow manage to blow it up on themselves. So until they do this for like let's see what they're like half a season talk to me after like week nine and see how they're doing honestly this is just a blip as soon as they run into some like a couple game losing streak or whatever it's going to be like the wheels just fall off everyone panics and they just Derek Carr starts throwing the ball up it just and John Gruden looks like he has a yeah it's I until they can actually make it through the midway point of the season they're still in the standings then maybe and even then 
even then they've blown it where they've lost like five of the last six games in the season and missed the playoffs. So nah, they're not buying it yet. Craig is going to relax. Nah, I just I just don't I just don't buy it. Well, through two games, Derek Carr, eight hundred and seventeen yards, four TDs, only one interception. Clearly went to the uh, Gruden QB camp or something this offseason because he's looking like a very different quarterback than what we've become accustomed to out of Derek Carr. But I can kind of understand now that I'm removed from the situation after betting on friggin' Baltimore in our on-show suicide pool and being eliminated by them in week one. I can kind of understand, okay, it's the first time in Vegas with your home crowd, new stadium, Baltimore's decimated by injuries, blah, 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 blah. But going into Pittsburgh and winning there as well, too, like makes me wonder, not so much are the Vegas Raiders for real, but did we overhype the strength of the AFC North coming into this season? Because a lot of people are talking up Pittsburgh's going to have a bounce back year. They, you know, under Tomlin, he ne- they never go under 500. Ben's back, all of that jazz. Ravens, until they started getting hit by every injury known to mankind, we're talking about as a sleeper Super Bowl contender, possibly. And then everyone and their grandmother is on the Cleveland Browns hype train right now. And you look at that division, not a great start out of any of those teams, right? Yeah, I think I think the division is still a tough division. I think it's just maybe if you're comparing with the AFC West, I think maybe the West was just a little bit under because everyone sees the Chiefs as the beat, but there's still some good teams in that division as well. So is the AFC West the sleeper that we should actually be keeping our eyes on? And what, it's going to be the Chargers, Chiefs, and possibly Broncos, and then the Raiders fade down the stretch? We, are we going to see three teams that are going to make the playoffs come out of the AFC West this year? Yeah, I can see two teams out of the AFC West. I think two of those teams are going to fade. I don't know who it's going to be yet. Could be the Raiders, could be the Chargers, could be the Broncos, because they have the biggest question marks at QB right now. But... Eric, how many playoff teams out of the AFC West? Gun to your head today. Two. Which ones? Uh, Browns. <laughs> are, you, are you doing math in your head? <laughs> Wait, the West. Excuse AFC, me. AFC Sorry, West. Wrong, wrong division, wrong division. <laughs> you know what? Oh, the Chiefs, obviously. Uh, and you know what? Let's, go, let's give the Raiders the benefit of the doubt. I, I'm not sure if, like... Oh, oh, hold, no, 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 let's, hold let's, the phone. First of all, you, you had the Browns relocating to the AFC right. West all of a sudden to win the division, but then you backpedaled that. All of a sudden, the Raiders are now a playoff team. I thought you were agnostic about them I'm, five I'm, minutes ago. I'm agnostic about them being an elite NFL team. They're 2-0. and oh. They only have to put together another eight wins to make the playoffs. And you're telling uh-huh. them they do that? In 14. Ten wins might not do it. Wow. Yeah, I, I, th- I think they can do it. So you think, oh, I guess they only have to go eight and seven down the stretch then. They yeah. get to ten and seven. Like I said, they're a good enough team, I think, to go eight and seven down the stretch. Oh, boy. I don't know. Enough. This is absolutely wild here. So apparently the balance of power is shifting from the AFC North to the AFC West. But speaking of the AFC North, Craig, this is going to be a subject you're just going to love. Salt in the wounds, fresh off. Not only losing fantasy-wise because of it, but in real life, your favorite team, Kansas City, no longer has the big domination over Baltimore. Lamar Jackson finally gets his first win against the Chiefs. What went wrong last night? Oh, um, tackling. <laughs> the lack thereof. <laughs> I mean, like, no one can touch him. The, the Chiefs defense over the last, I mean, 
week one, they might have the best offense. And then week or week one and two, they might have the best offense. They have the worst defense right now. I'm not sure what's going on there, but luckily it's early and they can figure it out. There's still too much talent on that team for them to be as bad as they are right now. You know, Michael down there, Vincent's and get things going. And hopefully by January, they're good to go. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes did a very like <laughs> thing in throwing the interception that he did. Like Craig is a Chiefs fan. We don't see Patrick Mahomes trying to, you know, Carson Wentz yeah, a play essentially. Yeah. I mean, I understand yeah. it was it was third down. He's trying to make a play, but I mean, it's that's something you don't see very often from him. And, and I think part of that right now is that he sees what the defense is doing, and he's got this. I got to make a play every time because they're just going to come for right after. So was it a case of Casey was so focused on rebuilding their offensive line this off season that they forgot to completely address their defense altogether or what? Like what's going on? No, um, I don't think it's that at all. I mean, I can point at every level right now. So Chris Jones, typically defensive tackle has decided they, they wanted to get him switched over to defensive end. Big ask for him to figure that out when he's trying to read the option on Lamar Jackson on that side. Um, I think for certain teams that could probably benefit for a guy like Lamar, you might be better off just sticking Jones in the middle as usual and have someone faster on the end. Middle linebackers, one of our starters is a rookie and he has the task again of going up against Lamar Jackson and our other middle linebacker who should be starting there has actually been out with injury. He's on IR until week four, I believe. So there's another big missing fast linebacker in the middle. Tyron Matthew was just coming back from COVID. Yeah, but he had a, he had a hell of a game. He had a couple of good games. He also had, I mean, I hate bringing it up because penalties happen every game and it's a lot of it's crap. But I mean, there was two very, very, very soft legal contact penalties on Matthew downfield that caused the thing. One of them would have been second and 25 and said it's an automatic first down. Same thing happening on third down and looking at it. I think I heard Chris Hallsworth mumbling under his breath. Like, I don't even know what a penalty is anymore. Yeah. So well, that was definitely like, going both ways. I don't know what was going on with that ref crew last night, but I've well, that's what I mean. Like soft ticky tack, nothing calls. Yeah, in my life, both ways. Like it was absolutely brutal. The NFL needs to review that. Yeah, I think I think what hurt the Chiefs more was just the severity of like the consequences of those penalties at that time, where it would have been second and twenty-five instead. You're giving Lamar Jackson a fresh set and automatic first down, and it happened twice, and they both times ended up going down and scoring touchdowns. Well, a huge factor, obviously, was what happened on the ground as well, too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to get it done through the air day in, day out. There's only so much you can do to really minimize how many yards he's going to get with his arm. But when the discrepancy is 251 to 62 rushing yards, you're not going to win a ton of football games that way. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 13 carries for 46 yards. I mean, later in this show, we're going to be doing a segment on targets to acquire. Right now, if I'm a CEH owner, I am trying to sell on people who are still optimistic about him because after a year and two games, I'm off. I'm off. I'm saying it right now. I'm off the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire train. I don't think he's the answer at running back in Casey. Oh, I think it's way too early for that. Way too early for that. I've already pulled. I've already pulled the little bus cord. I'm getting off. Next stop. Get me out of here. If I'm uh, owning Ceh, sell them now. Get some. Do you have recouped them? assets. Do you have them? I don't have them. I had them last uh, okay. year, and I hated that experience. I totally. I totally would have 
offered for you, but no, okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm not worried about him at all. kind of low here. Wouldn't you wait until he has a big game and then go, all right, this is maybe an anomaly and I'll sell him? No, I, I think the anomaly would be the big game, and I don't think it's actually even going to be coming. So I think he's going to have more crappy games of 46 yards, 50 yards. Like, I, I don't see him as a guy who can get 100 yards in a game at the NFL level unless it's an absolute fluke where he busts like a 70-yard run. I just don't see it. I think he's too undersized. I think everyone pegged him as Maurice Jones drew type clone at the NFL level, but I haven't seen it. If you take a week one last year against the Texans in week six versus Buffalo, where he actually went over a hundred yards for a change, here's his rushing totals. 38, 64, 64, 40, 46, 21, 14, 69, 37, 32, 79, 43, 46. If he weren't in the KC offense, no one would even be talking about him. And even the fact that he is in the KC offense, he still can't seem to be able to get it done. So I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm over it. I'm done. I, I'm lived the CEH experience and I am not a fan. So I am asking for a refund at the gate. All right. Well, you can do that. I'm not. You're welcome to do, You're welcome to do so, Kyle. How about how they just neutralized Tyreek Hill last night? So three catches for 14 yards made him the sixth leading wide receiver for KC, which, I mean, on the one hand, is a testament to Patrick Mahomes' ability to get anyone involved in the passing game. But really interesting how Baltimore played and essentially just double-teamed him all night and dared KC to beat them any other way. Like, is, is that the blueprint for beating KC now that they are a little bit thinner at wide receiver and don't have Sammy no. Watkins and they expect Nicole Hardman? Or... What, what what was it last night that worked so effectively against them? No, I don't, I mean, think, that's, I don't think that's the blueprint to beat KC because they still scored 35 points and they yeah. scored 38 if it wasn't for a fumble. That's not the key to beating KC. KC. The key to beating KC is to exploit their defense and try to hope that you score more points on them than they score on you. Because, yeah, I don't think their offense was neutralized, although Tyreek Hill was – Mahomes is so good. He's just going to get everyone around him involved. He's one of those players that makes everybody else better. So I don't, I don't think that the key to neutralizing Casey is to cover Tyreek Hill because they can show that they can bring anyone else in and, and, and be uh, very effective. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference about having a guy like Hill where he gets just such a deep threat. Like they had to basically have two or three people over him all the time. So you're just going to have matchups elsewhere to exploit. And yeah, it was, the offense was not the issue last night. Sorry, Tyreek, you didn't get your, your catches this time, but you just let others get them instead, basically, because there's a lot of single coverage that they're beating downfield instead. No, the key to beating the Chiefs is to basically do what the Ravens did, and that's run the crap out of them and get the defense higher and make sure that you score on basically every possession. That's pretty well what they did. Well, let's get to our second and Veal Award winner. So the man who came out of absolutely nowhere to post a respectable fantasy football stat line. This is going to Mr. Freddie Swain of the Seattle Seahawks. One rush, five yards, five catches for 95 yards and a TD. He was 0% rostered in Yahoo leagues prior to that game. So that means even Freddie Swain didn't roster Freddie Swain if he is in a fantasy football league. So congratulations to Mr. Swain on earning the second ever Anvil Award. Round of applause. There we go. So what does Craig think about that? Are you going to pick him up? No. Maybe he 
Do you have someone that you sound a little bit upset that I announced that there? No, you just kind of hijacked it. And I feel like Craig has a good, has a good input. I don't have anything. Okay. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Eric, this is your jam here. We put this on here because you have multiple times professed your love for distressed assets. So Oof. we are, we are going to be running down some trade targets that after maybe a slow start to weeks one and two, you should float a couple of trade offers out there to fantasy owners and see if you can pry some of these guys mm. away from them. So as the resident distressed asset expert, who are some people that you are targeting going into week three? Clyde edwards Alaire. <laughs> and every one of my receivers on my teams. <laughs> you had him, I trade for him. You seem willing to... Get rid of them at this point. Absolutely. Hey. There is a fire sale on CEH merchandise at my squad here, but I was smart enough not to draft them, so I don't have any buyer's remorse right now. Very well. If you did, I'd be willing to trade fire sell prices for him. So he, he's my, at the moment for this week, the distressed asset. As you can tell, Eric really didn't prepare for this week whatsoever. It's not true. You so you have no one. I came out confidently and said Clyde Edwards. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, I, I got I got some. I'll chime in here. I'm looking at all the wide receiver duos kind of thing. And there's there was going into the season, there was two guys on the team where it's like, oh, they both could be good. So far on a lot of those teams, only one guy has shown up so far. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Only Cup has really shown up and exploded. Maybe try to get Robert Woods because you know he's going to get his games. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Thielen is the guy right now. Jefferson has started off real quiet. That could be a guy that someone's frustrated with. Try to get Jefferson. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Lockett is on fire. Metcalf is an afterthought right now. That'll switch up too. And by the way, just like to point out, you guys were kind of doubting on Lockett this year. It's like, I don't know. All of his games, it's like he'll have one game and then like five terrible games. And I was like, I don't know. I think he's going to be more involved this year. So, so, so far, so good. <laughs> as well too because it could take the next five games off <laughs> was our well it sounded like it was more than few far between anyways mike williams is the guy right now making all the points instead of keenan allen maybe you can try you know what i mean like there's all these wide receiver duos that one guy seems to be taking over right now. another big one that you could possibly get Debo samuels off the flying start Ayuk was injured they were bringing him along slowly if you're ever going to get it you're never going to get Ayuk at a lower price than right now no, he could end up having some very strong games towards the stretch what about AJ Brown? I know he did have a touchdown in week one, but some you know, some people could look at his yardage and go, I don't like it. Yep, another one of my receivers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're giving me crap for stealing Craig's Thunder, and you're literally reading off his sheet here from across the room. <laughs> no, I mean another one of my receivers on my team. So I'm saying all the ones that yeah, like yeah, on his team. I have AJ Brown, I have DK Metcalf. It yeah. sucks right now. <laughs> You're just living vicariously through I your poor fantasy drafting decisions right now. <laughs> yeah, all great points, right? There's going to be lots of mouths to feed, injuries happen, and there's too much talent in some of those players that you've named for them to stay quiet the entire season. Like, does anyone really think that Keenan Allen is no longer going to be fantasy relevant? Not a no. chance, right? He's going to break out and get back to it. So if you can pry one of those guys away for maybe one of the classic Two for one, I'll give you two mediocre guys for one truly elite talent style trades. Definitely some great targets. 
someone I'm looking at right now, and it actually kind of makes me a little bit sick that I'm going to say this, but looking at possibly acquiring Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Because after last game, it looks like, oh, Tony Pollard eating into his carries, eating into his touches. He looks like the real deal. Week one, obviously very quiet against Tampa Bay. I just think anytime you can get someone who is a first-round draft pick, and if Ezekiel Elliott didn't go in the first round of your draft, I I don't know what the heck's going on. you got to have some funky Mm -hmm. settings going on there. But anytime you can get a first-round draft pick, usually works out for you. So if you're not going to be giving up too much and you've got someone who is doubting Zeke's production a little bit right now after a slow first two weeks, I would take a little flyer on our friend in Dallas there. Um, I mean, I'm not sure, especially after this past week, he put up a good amount of points. So I'm not sure if someone's going to be super willing to or, or sees him as someone who's like a, a depreciated asset. I, I know that obviously Tony Pollard and what he did will make Ezekiel Elliott owner a bit uncomfortable, but look, he, you know, he ran the ball well with what he got, and I think he could do it again. Yeah, I mean, Elliott's still going to be the goal line guy. First and goal, second goal. I think he's, he's going to be that guy anyways still. So I, I think maybe the Tampa game would have been the time to try to get him, but it might not be too late now. Now, the reason that I say it's maybe now is you can, if you've got a gullible person in your league, if you've got a taco in your league, that you can sell the narrative that, oh, well, look, look at Tony Pollard's usage. It's going up. It's going up. You know, you, you better recoup something for this now. And you can sell that to them. Hey, you might be able to yeah. pry him away at a slight discount than what he would have gone for originally. But yeah, something, maybe. something else that you can take a look at now. Obviously, they're only at halftime right now. But anyone on the Green Bay offense, because the fact that they are currently losing to the Detroit Lions at half, and after that stinker they put up in New Orleans, are people as confident in the Packers as they have been in previous years? Probably not. Could be a good time to buy low on a Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, yes, possibly even an Aaron Rodgers if you are Thank stuck in the <laughs> I agree. I hope. I think Green Bay will probably still win this game, but people, because it's especially on primetime, People are going to look at this Lions leading at half and go, oh, well, Green Bay's not that good, it looks like. I disagree. I think they're going to have a, a still a fine season. I just think the Lions are probably a little bit better than what people were giving them credit for. Everyone was talking about how they were going to have their next 0-16, or rather 0-17. I just think that, you know, Jared Goff, I think, is playing better than, than people thought he would. Um, they're using their their offensive weapons around them well, where, you know, people said there, there's no real offensive weapons except for maybe DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. You know, they're getting some new guys involved. Anyways, I know that was a very verbose way of saying, I think Green Bay is fine. And if people look at this game that we're currently watching right now as indication of them being in trouble, I don't think so. I think maybe they maybe they just haven't gotten it together yet. Maybe their defense needs to get it together a bit more. And I just think Detroit's maybe not an elite team, but maybe a little bit better than what everyone thought they were going to be. Yeah, I don't think there were too many people who thought they were going to go zero and sixteen or zero and seventeen. But I, I think they're going to end up being one of the more talented three and fourteen or four and thirteen teams in the NFL that we'll we'll be seeing because they've got the 
blueprint of what is there, but it's going to take a little while to actually build what Dan Campbell has envisioned for him. So I think they're going to be a frisky, always in the game type team, but end up losing a hell of a lot of ball games when all is said and done. You know what? If you're a Lions fan, you probably want that to happen. You probably want them to be competitive, but lose some games and get another just huge drop pick and then make your move next year. Where probably next year you won't have Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, so it's going to be wide open for you. Yeah, no, they, they definitely need another blue chip prospect there. And whether it's on the defensive side of the ball or if they bo- really bottom out and they can get a top flight quarterback, because God knows I wouldn't be building uh, the future around Goff. I think he is a placeholder at best right now. Well, it all depends how he plays this year. If he he's played well this half, he played well at the end of last game. Yeah, he might be just, they might be just fine. Who knows? Oof. It's early. Ugh, that is, that is one of the most disgusting takes I've heard you say in my entire friendship with you. <laughs> well, that that Jared, Jared Goff could potentially be the solution at quarterback to any NFL team. Really, out of all the things I've done since we've known each other, that was one of the most unpalatable. Uh-huh. You went over the line, Eric. You went over the, you crossed the line. <laughs> you started with your Tebow rants, and now it's, you're in the Jared Goff. Well, I'm talking about absolute. Well, there's, there's I'm the talking about, I'm talking Tebow about my quickly. life in general, Kyle. You know a lot of my transgressions, and that was crossing the line. <laughs> well, we're going to get personal about things here. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what? Like, I'm just saying that it looks like, you know, sometimes a quarterback needs a new environment and I didn't think the lions would be the best environment, but so far it's okay. Is that just because the bar was set so exceedingly low? Well, no, year, no, but... no, no. Cause Matt Stafford, everyone thought that, you know, Matt Stafford, he's a fine, he's a great quarterback. Everyone just thought that Detroit was holding him back and he would excel in, in, um, in Los Angeles, which, I mean, he looks like he's, he's playing all right. Um, and they thought, you know, because of the team that Goff was going to, that he was going to take a step back. I don't really see it like that. They're just afraid of Dan Campbell. Yeah, I he's just... He's a powerful motivator. I think, you know, I, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, make the playoffs or anything. I just think they're going to be a bit of a better team than everyone thought they were going to be. Yeah, the fear, so the fear of Dan Campbell biting some kneecaps there has uh, clearly motivated them. But my final distressed asset that I want to bring up is someone who I actually recently acquired in one of our leagues there. I'm, and I'm not even going to say he's really a distressed asset, but I'm going to say he's a buy now candidate because I don't see any scenario where he doesn't have a breakout coming later this season. And that is Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. Hasn't hit pay dirt for a touchdown yet. That's definitely coming. He definitely looked like he was growing and adjusting on the fly in that last game for Atlanta. The first game looked a little bit out of sorts on certain routes. Wasn't really a huge factor against Philly. Got a little bit more involved, flirted with 100 yards against Tampa last week. I think he's going to be only increasing his role in that offense moving forward. It might not be this week. It might not be next week. But I think by at least week six, he's going to have that breakout I'm here at the NFL level game, and then you're going to be paying an arm and a leg if you try and pry him away from a fantasy owner. Well, I hope for Atlanta's sake you're right. This is going to be a long year, if not, because they do not look good. <laughs> I, think, I think he's going to be – like, he, yeah, he hasn't hit pay dirt, but he's had some okay he, – he, like, he had a really – he did a oh, pretty good game. Good for a rookie tight end. Very good for a rookie tight end. Yeah. That doesn't happen with rookie tight ends. I truly didn't understand a lot of that preseason Atlanta love where – People were 
sleeper picking them to possibly not necessarily win the division, but sneak in as a wild card or put up double digit win totals. Like this, this was a team that to me stood out as they're picking fourth overall for a reason last year. They were not a very strong football club. Well, there's no one to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. Speaking of tight ends, your boy Gronkowski does it again, Kyle. Two touchdowns again. Is, is Gronk going to lead the league in touchdowns? He might. Like, I don't know what kind of hyperbaric chamber or crazy Tom Brady TB12 method they got him doing, but whatever it is, it looks like it's working because back up in New England prior to his retirement, like, he looked like the Tin Man out there most nights. Well, he is getting absolutely beat up. Maybe it's just the fact that there's more weapons around now that he's not being force-fed the ball and being targeted as much, and it's just... He's just having fun. Maybe maybe that was it. Maybe he was just sick of Belichick just being Belichick. Tom Brady obviously was. Listen, maybe all it took was a year off for him to get healthy, go on WWE SmackDown, WrestleMania, right. and now he's found himself. What was the championship he won? He was briefly Wrestle- some sort of... Wrestle- uh... WrestleMania. I think, didn't he win WrestleMania? No, he didn't. He just outright won WrestleMania. Yeah, one does not win. <laughs> well, he won the... Like, didn't he win the Battle Royale or some shit? Nah, it wasn't like the 24-7 title or something like oh, yeah. that. It was some ridiculously, like, made-up Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like that. Sorry, he won the 24-7 title at Wrestle- WrestleMania. You're right. You're right. Sorry. What I meant was, like, he won an event at WrestleMania. You're right. WrestleMania <laughs> is like the World Series of Poker. No one wins the entire event of the World Series of Poker. They win the main event or they win the, the other ones. Good Lord. All right. Anyone going to try and take a flyer if you were in a dynasty league on Zach Wilson right now? Or are you very concerned about his rough start in New York? Um. Yeah. He's a rookie and he's in New York. It's not going to be a great combo. And I, and I think he's trying to do what, you know, it's, he's, he's, I think maybe he's trying to do too much and really push the ball down the field. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Craig? Does he need to maybe do it to get a more polished type of NFL game to at least start becoming a bit more successful? Like I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying career over, but I wouldn't even trade him as a depreciation asset. Cause I don't think he's even, he, he might not even turn it around before the end of the year. Kyle wasn't talking about this year. He was saying Dynasty League, would you take him? Correct. No. because <laughs> <I, laughs> What? Why are you looking at me? You're talking. <laughs> that is that is when I would take him. It's week two and he just played Belichick for the first time. Of course he's going to be shit. <laughs> and he's on the Jets. Belichick destroys the Jets. It doesn't matter who's that quarterback. But right. But I still think that he would be tossed in the mix. He wouldn't be a keeper. No one would keep him this year. He could just go into the draft next year. You can draft him then. Maybe just keeping him. There's other players that would probably be a bit more valuable than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Well, Eric's talking to himself in circles. I don't know. I was never a fan of Zach Wilson to begin with. And the rough start isn't super encouraging. I thought they should have kept Sam Darnold and built around that, but obviously new head coach, new staff, new everything. They wanted their guy. Well, Darnold's off to a pretty good start down in Carolina, and Wilson's off to a very rough start up there. I don't think yeah, he's like the world on fire, but, I mean, 
It's tough. It's tough. I don't, I, BYU played such a cupcake schedule. You don't know what that you were getting out of that team at the NFL level. So we'll find out down the line, but I'm not holding my breath on him being a franchise guy anytime soon. What the Jets should have done is had a veteran quarterback in there. Like he's got no one to, that's what I don't, like it would have been nice if he had like even a freaking Joe Flacco who's faced Belichick before and like, hey, what am I looking at here with how he does these defenses? And if he's not ready to play, then screw it. You throw in Joe. Like, who cares? Well, the Eagles have Gardner Minshew, so we don't need Joe Flacco no more. So we don't. Send him a six-round pick. There you go. We'll take take him for a late-round consideration. Save Wilson from turning into Darnold, because you know what? Darnold's doing good outside of New York now. He would have been the same as Wilson yesterday if he was in the Jets still. It's the Adam Gase effect. It's the curse of Adam Gase. Well, so you were saying earlier, he's good. He best case for him, he turns into the new Tannehill, who you know is getting wrecked in Tennessee right now because of their O line. But eh. well, I was gonna say through one and three quarters of a game as my final potential buy low candidate was gonna be Derrick Henry, but then yeah. out of nowhere, all of a sudden puts up like a forty nine point week. Like yeah. Talk about yeah. a collapse down the stretch for Seattle. It was just a matter of time. The guy's so good. Seeing him run, he's he's. It was just a matter of time before yeah. before he put up a performance like that. You know, so maybe I'd be hard pressed if I was a Derrick Henry owner to jump to a conclusion after two rough games. But maybe if he didn't have a game like that yesterday, maybe you can convince someone to trade trade him to you. But. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I would have I, I would have given him a lot more slack given his the prior record we have of what he's done. Well, here's the narrative you try and feed that owner. Let's say that he doesn't have the massive fourth quarter that they do and has the comeback that the Titans ended up making on Seattle last week. Listen, no one has ever had the workload that Derrick Henry has had the last few seasons. History shows running backs start breaking down around that age. Look at your Chiefs there. You had Priest Holmes setting all sorts of records, and then he just fell off a cliff all of a sudden. Yep. Right? So Larry, Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. You Larry tried. Johnson had over 300 carries in a couple of years. That's what did it. It wasn't age. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he got destroyed. Absolutely. It's yeah. 100% usage. So you try and feed that narrative, but good luck trying to feed that narrative now that he just set the. Uh, I think it was a single week season high yeah. this week after the amount of yards and even getting involved in the passing game too. Like That's what actually almost it looks like kind of kickstarted because he wasn't doing much rushing for a bit. And then they're like, you know, we have to figure out a way to get him the ball. And they just but, threw a couple screens and all of a sudden he was feeling it. But listeners, you hear that? If you're running back, a star running back goes two weeks without performing well, and you want to trade for him, just hit your opponent with the typical Kyle Skinner bullshitter analysis <laughs> and see if he bites. You got to sell stories, folks. People buy headlines <laughs> in newspapers here. They don't buy them for the used section. All right? Oh, like, look, look, Henry's not going to hit 2,000 yards again, okay? So just why even bother holding on to him? It's never been done. It's never been done. It's not going to be Henry. I'll give you Robert Woods for him. <laughs> here's gus edwards oh speaking of gus's i know this is a bit off track but from fantasy but can we all just relish in how happy and how not sorry not how happy but how awesome it is that gus johnson is back calling nfl games this year 
Well, you're all happy. I, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, there's too many shitty play-by-play guys, so I'm all for more Gus. I'm all for more Harlan. If we had a, a fantasy league of just play-by-play callers, I would take Gus Johnson first overall. Oh, I'm going to Tim Harlan in all the way. That would be quite the fantasy league there. How would the scoring in that system even work? Energy. I don't know. Oh, we get extra points for calling streakers. <laughs> we get extra points for play calls on streakers because, I mean. Oh, but if you imagine. Oh, Harlan. Imagine Gus Johnson <laughs> Kevin Harlan in the same room calling the Super Bowl. I would watch those two call a, a checkers match and it would be exciting. There would be so much energy in that booth that might simultaneously just implode into a black hole. Oh, which is like my exactly my kind of stuff. So I black would love holes, them. <laughs> love, them. love them. Just can't get enough them. of those black holes, eh, bud? Oh, you haven't experienced play calling until you've dove into one. Of <laughs> the magic that those two people create in that booth would just be incredible. I'm saying it right now. I want those two to call a game. NFL. Actually, no, it wouldn't be up to them. <laughs> do they work for the do they even work CBS? For the, do they even work for the same NBC. network? Uh I don't know. ESPN 8, the Ocho. Yeah, just get him the next dogball movie. Well, one final uh shout out to someone I was actually impressed with how he called the game was actually Greg Olson in his color commentary yeah. debut the other day. So does well, anyone else find it like I didn't expect his ta- his play-by-play voice to be like like it's not like it's it's his, weird or anything. His but voice doesn't match his body. Yeah, maybe that's what I wanted wanted to try to say. Not like that's a bad thing or anything, but it was it was weird um, when they said you know oh I'm this along with Greg Olson. I was like what really? But no, I like uh, I really liked his play calling. I think maybe maybe he's not going to be as good as Tony Romo, but maybe he's the next guy who's going to be you know player who's going to come into the booth and everyone's going to be like all right, he sounds pretty good. So it's kind of like uh, seeing your teacher in a non-school setting there. It was just a little bit off-putting there to see his his voice match his body type. It was a weird setting. I don't know where you're going with this. You know what? I need to. Uh, I completely forgot about it again. I need to remind myself. I have to watch the Mannings Monday night broadcast next week. I haven't watched it. Is it any good? It's. I've, I've seen the clips. It's amazing. <laughs> they just go at it. Pretty much most of the time, it's just Peyton and Eli. Like, they'll just insult each other. and then just, They just legitimately break down the plays. Like Peyton's acting like he's in there calling the play. Like it's just, they're goofy, but you're learning a lot. They did a good job. I think last week they had, they had Charles Barkley on as guest. They had Travis Kelsey guesting. They had, this, they had Russell Wilson guesting. So they're bringing guys in too. And it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. When's it our turn to be guests on there? Uh, I don't know, Eric. You got the Manning contact, right? Well, what's our what's our last uh, spot in the rankings nope. that we got? Oh, we we peaked at number thirty for the other week. So, next next goal is top thirty. Yeah, just you know what? Get top thirty is just joining the Mannings. So let's go, Eric. What do you think we got to get to before <laughs> someone taps them on the shoulder and says, "There's there's three goofs from a podcast that I think you should listen to." One's a big Colts fan, so give him a chance. And the other doesn't. And then be like, the other hate the Giants. (laughs) (laughs) And the other one doesn't think very highly of the New York Giants. (laughs) Remind the listeners, Craig, who did you pick last week for your suicide pool selection? I don't know. I forgot. Who was it? (laughs) You You took the Cleveland Browns, and congratulations. Hey, okay, they won. (laughs) 
<laughs> Good Lord. How am I eliminated from this pool? I'm still somehow managing you to. Eric, remind the listeners who you took last week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They also won. So congratulations. You two are through to week three. Craig, you had first pick last week. Eric, you got first pick this week. I'll defer the first pick to Craig. Ooh. Oh, bold strategy. Ooh. Bold strategy. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans at home over the Colts and Carson Wentz with two sprained ankles. Wow. Oh. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. <laughs> First of all, is there any more Carson Wentz-like injury than to simultaneously sprain both ankles? Uh, yeah, apparently he did that. I don't know how, but he did. It's un- unbelievable. Like, if I yeah. just remove the name from the headline, <laughs> NFL quarterback simultaneously sprains both ankles. Carson Wentz has to be one of the top three people that would come to mind for you to fill in that blank, right? Yeah, I'm trying like, to- picturing him somehow falling downstairs. Like, I don't understand how you could do that on the play. I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks that would fit that before him that having a hard time. Anyways. It's Russell. RG3. Just any <laughs> Washington quarterback, really. I, so, with my pick, I will take the Denver Broncos at home. Against who? The Jets. Ooh. Here comes the Jets first win the season. <laughs> Maybe. Cue the miracle at the Mile High Stadium. All right. Anything else you want to chime in there before we get log off? No. That was it. That was a, a good podcast. It was well a lot to unpack there. It was like the Russian doll episode where, you know, a, a, just a new thing around every corner. <laughs> Russian doll episode. Can you name your episodes? Might might need to start doing them. Well, I mean, we need to give it a bit of production value. I still think we need a jingle at the beginning of every podcast. I think what we really need to do is get you into a recording studio and unleash that generational voice. Oh, I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but I mean, now that you're <laughs> I'm totally not prepared. Pulls up the microphone. <laughs> totally prepared for this. Somewhere. <laughs> wow really Go, going final goes west i have a, i have a week two resolution for the podcast or week six technically or seven we're on week seven the podcast this will be episode eight i promise that i will come prepared next week and i promise that from now on that to the viewers that will actually know what i'm talking about whenever i talk and give my give my take I know 100% that you have just lied to everyone who is listening yeah. right now. I give you another three weeks until you show up without any notes and just decide to try and attempt to watch Monday Night Football in the background and spew out some hot takes. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. Eric Long, a man of his word, people. That's episode eight. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, make sure to like, review, subscribe. Eric is waving to the camera. You can't see us right now, but just know that Eric Long, the closet liar that he is, is saying goodbye. You got to be hospitable, no matter what.